when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. Yes, sir, Bob. 25 games to go for most of the teams in Major League Baseball. The Cardinals are just finishing up one of the hottest months anybody could have in the whole history of baseball. And you know what I think about the Cardinals, but you got to give the devil their due, and they are the devil. Now, part of the greatness of that month worth of baseball was they played one team with a record over 500. But you got to give them credit. They beat Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, and the Cubs have had a tough time with both of those teams. In fact, the Cubs have had a tough time with everybody. But it's uh, September 4th. The rosters have expanded, and uh, the Cubs brought everybody up. But uh, P.K. Wrigley, I mean, they've got 36 guys on their on their roster off of their 40-man roster. That means Bodie and three other guys are not on the active roster. Unbelievable. They've got everybody ready to roll. And it's everything I hate about September baseball, but you know what? Play by the rules and see where it gets you. 31. This is podcast number 31. Hard to believe. I think we'll shoot for 50 by the time the World Series is over. We should have 50 in the can. I don't know if there's any famous 50s, but number 49 was a guy that I represented with the White Sox. Probably the only client I represented that was loyal, trustworthy, and true blue. That was none other than Al Fournier Jones. I mention Al every now and then because Davey Nelson, my good buddy, found uh, Al and a lot of other guys, and we represented a group of great athletes with the White Sox in our company called Pro Sports Inc., and uh, we represented those guys until they got to where they could produce income, and then they fired us. (laughs) You know, what are you going to do? The only guy not to fire us was Al, Al Fournier. And Al... uh, Al hurt his arm at Fenway after he struck out Rice Evans and Armas to uh, shut down the Red Sox in the bottom of the ninth. The White Sox scored around the tenth. Somebody else got the save, and uh, that may have been the last game Al ever was able to pitch in. Maybe the last game Al could raise his hand or his arm or his elbow, but be that as it may, great guy saved Tom Seaver's first three games. Anyway, that's 49. Who knows what 50 holds? But this is 31, and so you know my... Uh, Show always starts with who's among famous number 31. Well, I would have to say Greg Maddox and Fergie Jenkins are in a dead heat for number 31 in terms of Cubland and in terms of across the city on the south side. One of my all-time favorites, Hoyt Wilhelm, who I believe came in a trade for Louis Aparicio to the Orioles, along with Dave Nicholson, Pete Ward, and... Maybe Ron Hansen. That was a great trade for the White Sox, great trade for the uh, Orioles, although it was sad to see little Louie go and play for Baltimore. I think they actually might have won a few uh, pennants with Louie at shortstop. But Nonetheless, White Wilhelm, with that kind of uh, tilted head, he always looked in for the sign with his head tilted. I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he had a stiff neck. He generally had, uh, with the Orioles, Gus Triandos catch him. And this is all out of my Recall of the 50s and 60s, uh, Hoyt was with the White Sox from 1963 to 1968. He was primarily a knuckleball pitcher, probably one of the, I'd say the most famous knuckleball pitcher. He was uh, both a starter and a reliever. You know, people would say, oh, you know, there are a lot of guys that were in the later years that were good with the knuckleball, but uh, last time I checked, Hoyt uh, is mainly the only knuckleballer 
occupying a spot at the uh, Hall of Fame. How about that? He was fun to watch. He was a great pitcher on a really mediocre team. That was with Horlin, and I've reminisced before about the 60s, led by Chuck Tanner or maybe a few other guys. But um, Eddie Stanky comes to mind. Man, those teams are just bad. I loved it. And again, my dad and I traipsed down to the south side of Chicago a couple times a week to watch that. One to nothing, two to one. The only good thing was the game started at 8 o'clock and they were done by 10. Quick baseball back then. Anyway, speaking of back then, that brings me to where we are in the pennant race. And in the pennant race, you got the Cubs taking on the Brewers, a four-game series. Then they go out to San Diego for a four-game series. And I'm going to go watch the Thursday afternoon edition of the San Diego Padres versus the Chicago Cubs. That should be a pretty good game. There are... A lot of developments that have happened that I want to talk about, and in this segment I'll kind of lay them out, and then, uh, as I do generally, I kind of gloss over them, even though they're pretty important. Uh, number one, Verlander, no-hitter number three. You have got to be kidding me. I watched the last couple innings, and it was the real-time version uh, for the love of the game. It could have been Kastner out there. I mean, Verlander's first no-hitter at Rogers Center or the Sky Dome or whatever you want to call it. I guess it's Rogers Center now. Um, <clears throat> his first no-hitter there was with the Tigers. His second no-hitter was a couple of days ago with the Astros. And... I don't know, Justin, but he looked like he was out of juice, man. He was just giving it everything he had. And if you synced Justin Verlander's last inning with Costner's for the love of the game last inning, I'm telling you what, it'd be pretty cool because a lot of the for the love of the game was what was going through Costner's brain. And I imagine that Verlander was thinking the same thing, except that he's got a playoff to start getting ready for, probably the World Series to start getting ready for, and uh, he's not done by any stretch of the imagination. But there's a lot of similarities to For the Love of the Game. So anyway, that's cool. We'll talk a little bit more about that because there are not that many pitchers that have thrown three no-hitters. Um, Bob Feller comes to mind. I spent a night in the uh, bar with Bob with my good buddy Dave. Everything happened with Nellie around. Yeah, we were down in, in uh, Florida at spring training, and Nellie and I were having a, after the practice, pop there at the bar and sat down, and two shows up, but Bob's a feller. Bob made me look like Pollyanna. I mean, he is not a positive guy, but it was pretty cool to talk to Bob Feller. Pretty cool to be around a guy that was that great. Rapid Robert, Hall of Famer, one of the great pitchers of all our time. Of our time, I'd say top twenty, maybe top ten. I don't know. That's the great thing about baseball. You can make all sorts of lists, and that's f it's fun. On this podcast, it's my show, my opinions, and so uh, we'll we'll segue back into the Verlander deal because that was a pretty unbelievable accomplishment. The ninth inning was there wasn't even a close call. I mean, there was a couple ground balls and a fly out, and that was it. So, congrats to Verlander. 
they look pretty good for the playoffs. Them and the Yankees, man. Verlander, Garrett Cole, and and uh, Granky. That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good start. And uh, anyway, that's fun. Then you've got the news that the Kansas City Royals have been tentatively sold to a local gentleman in uh, the Kansas City area for a billion dollars. That's B-I-L-L-I-O-N. Billion rhymes with million, but really not much in the same vein. So, Glass paid 96, gets back a billion. I think he probably put a couple hundred into it. Um, would Ewing Kaufman be happy with the job that Glass did? Probably. He won a World Series. Ewing would be extremely happy about that. When Ewing was alive, he got into the World Series in 1980. In 1985, he won the World Series. So, you know, Ewing did get to celebrate that. I got to celebrate the opening day the next year with Ewing. And I think he would be genuinely happy with the 20 or so years that Class spent uh, leading the Royals to a World Series and uh, American League pennant. I was pretty tough on glass, but I think all in all, he and his son Dan did a pretty good job. You know, what are you going to say? They, uh, th their payroll was probably double what he paid for the team most years. They made some mistakes, but I think by and large, Dayton Moore's done a pretty good job, other than employing Ned Yost. That's a major mistake. But I think that with a new owner, uh, after a year, uh, he may decide to move in a different direction from Dayton, but I doubt it. I think Dayton's got a pretty good thing going here in Kansas City. At any rate, um, I don't think he can improve on him. Now, on the other hand, they played the uh, Detroit Tigers today and actually took three out of four from the Tigers. The Tigers finally beat them, and that was the Tigers' 41st victory of the year. And uh, it's September 4th. The season started in March. You got March, April, May, June, July, August, September. That's parts of seven months. They've won 41 games. That's like seven games a month. Ugh. The pizza man should be fired. Can you fire owners? I think you should be able to fire owners. You ought to be able to fire the guy in Detroit. You ought to be able to fire the guy in Mr. Lawyer, you got the pizza man, you got the lawyer man over in Baltimore, uh, you got Mr. Yankee over there in Miami, and uh, rounding out the four worst teams in baseball would be the Royals, and you can't fire the owner because he just got paid a billion dollars for one of the worst teams in baseball. So based on that, the Cubs are worth $10 billion, the Yankees are worth $12 billion, the Dodgers are worth $14 billion, and the Tampa Bay is worth nothing. Oh, my God. Move out of that ballpark. You have the best announcer. You guys are doing pretty good. You're in the hunt for the wild card. It's going to be exciting. Billy Bean should be the general manager of the decade. Rizzo with the Nats. They're coming back a little bit. Man, that's unfortunate. But it was a great day today. The Phillies lost again a walk-off two in a row to Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, that was great. Harper made a, a pretty raunchy effort to grab that home run ball, but uh, he came up short and uh, walk it off. Go Reds. 
That walk-off, that dramatic moment, took place in front of 785 fans. There, there were more fireworks shot off than fans in the ballpark. Yep, I think that's true. Anyway, so we'll talk about the sale of the Royals. We'll talk about the Verlander deal. And we'll talk about a few other things when they come to my mind. And we'll talk about the uh, baseballs, the home run derby that's going on every every uh, day in baseball. Why does the All-Star game have a home run derby when you watch one every night? Every night that freaking baseball is flying out of the ballpark at record clips. Mm. Now, here's an interesting factoid that was brought to my attention by one of my loyal, loyal listeners and in fact, a participant in podcast number 28, Mr. Mikey. Of course, there were two Mikeys. Mr. Seguin, you're out there, I know it. Sent me this request on our newly installed phone line, sponsored by our new sponsor. We have no phone line. We have no sponsor. But we have great input from our listening audience and the factoid was, hey, Major League Baseball bought Rawlings Corporation, who manufactures the baseballs. And not only have they concluded that the drag is less on the baseball, and hence the ball's going out of the park a lot, but they decided to use them in AAA baseball. And oh my, unbelievable. They're setting home run records in AAA baseball. Now, in double-A, single-A, short-A, rookie league, they use the old baseball, cheap baseball. Not made in Costa Rica, but a cheaper version. No home runs. They're the same. Ball's the same. So, Rawlings, owned by the major league, comes up with a new baseball, and it's flying out of every stadium imaginable. And hey, you know, why have a game just to home run derby? I think that'd be a great idea. Anyway, now we're going to go to uh, Joe DiMaggio. As you'll recall from my earlier podcast, I was on the Joe DiMaggio diet, where you try to diet for every day of a sitting streak. Well, we're going to explore game one, and <laughs> you make the conclusion. Anyway, this was the opening segment. I'm having a great time. It's uh, basically what I want to talk about when I want to talk about it, and what I want to talk about when we get to it. So, we will join you on the other side for the second segment. I think we'll have three segments today. Uh, the other segments might be a little shorter. But, uh, you know, maybe I'll wait till after the end of the Cub game tonight. The Cardinals lost in a thriller last night. That was great. And then they turned around and beat the Giants today. That wasn't so good. They clobbered them 10 to nothing. Who needs a bullpen, although they have a good bullpen? Who needs a bullpen when you win in 10 to nothing? <clears throat> anyway, so we'll do a little of that, and we will um, talk a little bit about the wild card races. We'll talk a little bit about Jorge Soler. I've, I've been telling you I picked him as the MVP last year. Picked him again as the MVP this year. Now, he won't win the MVP, but he did set the home run record for the Kansas City Royals. And as a season ticket holder, 
I'm pretty excited about the fact that Jorge uh, could come back. Hopefully they'll work out a deal. He's good. He's going to get better. I mean, the Cubs gave up on him way too soon, as they did with the, there's an all-star team that Theo traded away. Now, yes, he traded away Glybor Torres for Chapman for two months. They won the World Series. Got to give him his due on that. And uh, the Eloy Jimenez trade for Jose Quintana, not a bad deal. I mean, so what are you going to do? Morrow's a ways to throw that money away. Darvish's, I don't know what. Chatwood is, I don't know what. But Castellanos is a great deal. The guy's a spark plug. They need to sign him next year. And um, that would be exciting. So we'll talk about the Cub game. We'll talk about the wild card race. We'll talk about the next 25 games. And when we come back, uh, we'll visit a little bit about Another story about Davey Nelson and the upcoming golf tournament in his honor and in the honor of Open Arms. Uh, the Brewers are still continuing to honor Dave's memory with a 50-50 raffle in his name for the hospice facility that he was in uh, for the last few days of his life, including the incredible greatest Saturday before he passed away that anybody could ever have. Starring Davey Nelson and Bob Uecker. And now, I'm even calling him Davey Nelson. For 45 years, I knew this guy never called him Davey, ever. He didn't like Davey. But that was his stage name in Milwaukee. And uh, he's Davey to all those folks in Milwaukee. So good for him. He was a great, great friend, and I miss him dearly. But I'm glad that the Brewers are continuing to honor him. I'm looking forward to the golf tournament. Got word that uh, not only Randall McDaniel's going to be the name sponsor, Sixth Hall of Fame, Randall McDaniel, and we're going to do a podcast with Randall McDaniel, be the first Hall of Fame podcast of this show's tenure. And then uh, another guest I'm going to try to get five minutes with, Carl Eller. Can you believe that? Yeah, you Bears fans, remember those Vikings, the front four? Woo-hoo. Mamma Mia. Speaking of the Bears, they take on the Packers tonight at 7.15 at Soldier Field. That's going to be great. And at the same time, over at Miller Park, the White Sox. No, the Cubs. <laughs> Just kidding. Seeing who's awake and who's not. Apparently I'm not. So, anyway, we'll be back and uh, we'll visit with uh, nobody about a lot of things. And back we are, and uh, that was yesterday. That was before the Bears' embarrassing loss to the Green Bay Packers. They scored three points. Luckily, they've got a new field goal kicker because he is the leading scorer for the Chicago Bears. I mean, talk about the lighter side of nothing. Oh, my God. Soldier Field, opening night. The 1985 Bears are back. The Packers are beatable after two losing seasons, and... It's the 100-year anniversary of the NFL, and they lay an E-G-G. Nagy should not be calling plays. He should be the head coach. Get an offensive coordinator to call the plays. And, oh, my God, who in their right mind drafted Trubisky over Mahomes? I'm telling you what, you did not need a crystal ball to figure that one out. 
Trubisky had played like eight games in his entire NCAA career for North Carolina. He is pathetic. But on the brighter side and the lighter side, uh, Craig Kimbrell goes down again with uh, elbow inflammation. Apparently his elbow gets inflamed frequently, especially when he pitches two or three games in a row. He should be of not much help in the playoffs. I, in fact, I'd shut him down. $43 million a year, I'd shut him down and wait for next year and hope he comes back after he has a real spring training. You know, that's another problem of holding out like he and Kluber did. You don't go to spring training. You don't know the guys. You don't get your arm in shape like you usually do, and boom, there you go. Crummy year for Kluber. He's having a tough time finding a win with his new team, and I don't know. Anyway, I was in a good mood. The Cubs won last night. 10-5, to Schwarber hit a grand slam. I mean, the guy is the mini Bambino. I've been a bagger of Schwarber, a trade Schwarber to the NF, for the AL. He's a great DH. But the guy can play a little left field. I'd like to see him catch another inning or two, but the little dude can put the ball out of the ballpark like most of the rest of uh, Major League Baseball. Every franchise is setting home run records. Even my man Jorge Soler set a home run record. That's awesome, you know. I love Soler. I predicted, as I said, him to be the uh, MVP. And so uh, Zobrist is back. Got three hits last night. Contreras is back. He got four hits. He, you know, here again, these announcers are crazy. And the Brewers, uh, I'm not a big Brian Anderson fan, I guess, but I do like rock. So Contreras had a single, a double, and a home run, and they're talking about how a triple is the hardest part of the cycle to get. And about the time they had spit that out of their mouth, Contreras drills one off the center field wall, which Grisham, their center fielder, went back for and uh, misplayed. And now Contreras is banging around second base, getting ready to go to third, and he pulls up because, unbeknownst apparently to the broadcasters, uh, Contreras had, has had a hamstring, so if he had gone to third, the odds of him blowing out his hamstring, sliding in, just dial it back a little bit, Contreras, as the great Pat Hughes would say. Quintana Contreras, and uh, great pronunciation by one of the greatest broadcasters ever, Pat Hughes. So anyway, it's good to have Zobi back. I signed him to a long-term contract. He's only 38 years old. The dude can play. Bring back uh, David Ross and John Lackey, and let's get some spirit on this ball club because they are back to not having a closer. Anyway, uh, we talked about a lot of different things in segment one. Segment two might be a little shorter, might be a little longer, don't know. We're back at our home studio in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. Getting ready to go tee it up in about 45 minutes, and then we head out to uh, California. So anyway, uh, the, there may be some noise or maybe lawnmowers going by. I don't know. I feel pretty bad. I've got a lawnmowing service here. First time ever I haven't cut my own grass. Getting old. What can I say? But I do enjoy baseball, and I've been listening a little bit to the MLB Network. You can have quick pitch all night long with Heidi Watney. She is awesome. She really, really, really has not only a great presentation but a great staff because they put together a really good show. And I think she only does it three or four nights a week, but nonetheless, it's great. She's the best. Um, you know, there are some good guys. But, again, 
they're they're out doing this stat crap. Remember, we started this podcast, love of the game. Who gave you that love? Your dad, your mom, your brother, your sister, somebody. Nelly, Nelly in his spirit. We're getting ready for his golf tournament. It's going to be awesome. And my hatred of stats. So Mookie Betts bangs, sees two pitches the other night for the Red Sox, and he hits them both out of the ballpark. And instead of talking about what a great, great hitter Mookie Betts is and how the Red Sox have zero chance of getting into the wild card, even though they've got four guys hitting well over 300, compared to the Cubs who have nobody hitting over 300, Mookie, 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 Mookie hits the first ball. They go, oh, that would never have gotten out of any ballpark but Boston. Are you kidding me? Really? Who gives a flip whether or not it would have? Maybe the wind would have been blowing in, in uh, you know, Target Field. and This <laughs> stat crap. That's what it is. It's stat crap. Anyway, enough of that because I really don't want to talk much about statistics because I do like the whip, I do like run scored, and I do like statistics. So next time uh, for number 32, which you know who that's going to be, not Jim Brown, that's football. 32. There's only really one 32 to talk about, and everybody else is in second place. And I'm not talking about Elston Howard. I'm talking about Sandy Koufax. Man, what a career. And a career that looked like it was going nowhere. I mean, at the beginning, he couldn't find home plate with both hands. And he turns out to be the greatest left-handed pitcher that I ever saw. No uh, disrespect to Juan Marichal or to Juan Pizarro. I mean, Juan was great. Nobody probably ever heard of him, but Juan was wonderful. He wore 32. Just pulled that one out of my White Sox memory bank. We're going to look next time at the White Sox and how the 59 Sox were doing. We're going to look at the 1919 White Sox and my love of Joe Jackson. And how can you like Joe Jackson and despise Pete Rose and Barry Bonds? Good question. I don't know the answer. Met a buddy of mine today hitting balls, and he was talking about his concession at Royal Stadium, Bob Kebabs. I'm not sure that's really their name, but it's fruit on a stick. Bob used to have uh, uh, ownership uh, through his dad of the AAA baseball team in Denver that was sold to the group that moved to New Orleans, leaving uh, an opening for the uh, Coors Field to come in in the Rockies. So anyway, we're going to have Bob next time. I can hear the lawnmowers. It's probably going to be tough to talk over the lawnmowers, but when the lawn mowing is done, I'll come back. I want to talk a little bit about who would you see today and pay good money to see? That's my question. On each team, I'm going to go through each team. Maybe not today, but I'm going to go through each team. For example, I would put down good money right now to watch Mike Trout. I would put down good money right now to watch Scherzer pitch. I would put down good money to watch the Houston Astros, and I'm going to go out and watch the Houston Astros next Friday and Saturday when they take on the uh, Kansas City Royals. So on each team, is there really every, does every team have a guy that I'd go pay to see? The answer is clearly no way. Um, as I sit here, I can't think of that many guys that I would actually go to see and pay to see if I wasn't already a season ticket holder. Right now for the Royals, I'd go see Jorge Soler. He's going to hit five times. He's fun to watch. He's a guy that I picked to be the MVP last year. <laughs> well, he wasn't even the MVP of the Pacific Coast League. 
Uh, so on the Royals, I'd see pay to see him. I, I pay to see them all actually as a season ticket holder. So throw Merrifield in there. Who cares? Maybe someday they'll get a pitcher. They need pitching. They need pitching and hitting and defense, and then I think they can come back with this new owner, John Sherman. And uh, next segment, we might talk a little bit about uh, my history with the Kansas City Royals and the litigation that I've talked about before on this podcast. But uh, on the Cubs, if I wasn't already panged, and a massive amount of money for the playoffs, are you kidding? I'm going to get a big refund. That'll be great. Um, Baez, I'd pay to see Baez. Right now I'd pay to see Castellano. Pitchers, what's the old pitchers? I mean, and I did see these guys play. Sandy Koufax, Don Drysdale, Juan Marichal. Man, oh man, I could go through every team. And there was there was somebody back in that day that if you didn't know it, you should have known that you were paying good money to see Ted Williams. You were paying good money to see Carl Yastrzemski. You were paying great money to see Mickey Mantle. And, yeah, I saw the Mick play back in the flannel uniform days, seven years old, eight years old, nine-year-old, ten years old, playing for the Yankees. And then uh, Nellie always had funny Mickey Mantle stories. He'd call him Mr. Mantle. And I think Mr. Mantle um, picked him off one time, told Dave he had some dirt on his shoes, and so Nellie stepped off the first base to clean off his spikes and, Mantle tagged him out after David called him Mr. Mantle. Uh, that was a pretty good story. But there's so many good guys. Willie Stargell, and I could go through every team. Al Kaline, God, those guys were good. They were really good. Um, that gets back to MLB Network. I think I talked about this before, but uh, um, they were talking about the all-time list of, you know, the old guys versus the, the new guys. And so, you know, you had Ty Cobb, and you had Al Kaline, you had Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, Jackie Robinson, all these guys. And the um, most ridiculous, the dumbest, uh, you couldn't get a dumber statement from Pedro Martinez. And I like Pedro. He's kind of interesting. He's kind of, I'd like to hear Pedro and Ozzy Guillen on a talk show. I mean, would that be awesome? You'd only understand about half of the words, but the passion would be unbelievable. In fact, this show on the lighter side of baseball is looking into how we can have a talk show, how we can have multi-microphones. My one mic's dead. i got to get that fixed, but I don't have time. Now, a reminder, this show can be heard on iTunes. That would be on your Apple phone. Go to your iPod little dealio bob, hit it, type in the lighter side of baseball, hit uh, subscribe, I want to subscribe forever, and uh, you're in, and it costs you nothing. Or you can go back to SoundCloud, where we've been before, or you can call me, and I'll send it to you. But anyway, Pedro, oh my God, he goes, oh, you know what, I think I'd rather face those old guys than the new guys with all the technology and blah, blah, blah. Baloney, goes, baloney, are you kidding me? You'd rather face Babe Ruth than... than uh, Bellinger? No way. I mean, that, that's crazy. Babe, Lou, Joe, are you kidding me? All these guys, they didn't have this ridiculously power-charged bat and this low drag ball. That's the Major League Baseball's concluded. The ball's going to lower drag. 
<laughs> they wind it tighter. They don't put as much yarn in there. And the ball, she flies out of the ballpark. As my good friend and uh, contributor to this show, Mike Sequin, indicated, the major leagues bought Rowlings. They have total control. And they gave the ball to the AAA folks, and they're hitting home runs at record paces. You have more friggin' home runs going on now than you do hits. Every every team is black. I mean, and they're not just going right over the fence. These things, <laughs> and as, as the summer heated up, it was funny because the balls went farther. That one traveled 475 feet, and that was kind of an average home run. Oh, my goodness, it's hilarious. Like I said, who needs home run derby? Anyway, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Royals' new owner, uh, a lot about Mr. Kaufman, the old owner, and uh, the guy in between, Mr. Glass, who I really was never fond of, but you got to give to him some credit. We'll talk about the races. The wild card race is unbelievable in the American League. All of a sudden, man, they they just snuck up on me. Oakland, Tampa Bay, and Cleveland, they're all battling it out. The Twins are hanging in there. The Braves are hanging in there. Uh, my good friend Goobs, man, he's going to be happy about that. So we'll be back. A little more energy this segment than the last segment. I was a little bit uh, tired last night maybe, but now I'm back. Bears lost. What a joke. The Chiefs open on Sunday in Jacksonville. The Bears took Trubisky instead of Mahomes. Are you kidding me? That general manager should be fired. The Detroit owner should be fired. The Baltimore owner should be fired. Go Cubs. We've got a big game tonight in, uh, in Milwaukee. I've got to check the pitching matchups, and I'm pumped about that. But that's the end of segment two. Segment three will be coming probably after my golf round, but before the uh, Cubs take the field tonight. So... For Jamie Resky on the lighter side of baseball, I hope you have a great afternoon. Stay cool if it's hot, stay warm if it's cold, and uh, we'll be back in a little bit to bring you the final segment of On the Lighter Side of Baseball, and it's going to be a thriller. Who is the guy that you would most pay to go see play? In other words, is it Bellinger? Is it Trout? Is it some rookie that we haven't heard of? Is it uh, somebody with the Yankees, Aaron Judge? I'm telling you what, the Yankees are for real. <laughs> they finally put their money to good use. That's exciting. And uh, there's going to be a great, great eight-team tournament. You're going to have a wild card winner, and you're going to have the three divisional guys. That's four plus four. My math tells me that's eight. It's going to take all of October. It's going to finish before November. And we'll have a World Series champion, which I predict, like to make it the Cubs, but my prediction is it's going to be the Houston Astros beating the Yankees in the ALCS and the Braves beating the Dodgers. Hey, how about that? Come on, Atlanta. They look for real. My goodness gracious, they are picking it everywhere. I never was a big Donaldson fan. He's playing great. Oh, my goodness gracious. They're just playing great. And uh, how about this Yelich guy with Milwaukee and what's wrong with Lorenzo Cain and how come they didn't go get any pitching? Yes, I've been saying that and that the bats are juiced, not the balls, the bats. Anyway, that's it from me for segment two. We will freshen up. We'll get some new stuff. We'll have fun talking. And uh, then we're going to head to San Diego, and I guarantee we'll have a, uh, a couple guests out in San Diego, and then we head to the golf tournament. And I'm trying to figure out if I can get together with uh, – the owner of the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago White Sox. 
um, you know, my people are talking to his people, and eventually uh, we may get together. But uh, then again, we might not. I'd like to get together with Dwayne Stats. I'd like to get together with Craig Kashan. We got a lot to go. Now, I said yesterday we we're going to do 50 of these. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Wouldn't it be great, given the fact that I really focus on numbers at the beginning of these podcasts, to have the last podcast for the year be 42? Then I don't know what I do. After that, I think I'm going to go to favorite names, maybe A for the first podcast of the new season, and B, and who's your favorite A, Aparicio, your favorite B, babe. <laughs> Doesn't have to be last name. Anyway, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. I love it. And uh, if nothing else, I enjoy listening to these podcasts. I hope you guys do. Anyway, we'll be back, and we'll be talking about the Kansas City Royals and the uh, new ownership. Thanks for listening. As always, have a great afternoon. And back we are, ready to go on another exciting segment of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. This is Podcast 31. And, you know, that's honoring not only Hoyt Wilhelm, but Greg Maddox and Ferguson Jenkins. And so, all three of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. That's pretty cool. And cool as the Hall of Fame is, we're back with the final segment. This is short and sweet. Next segment will be Podcast 32, Sandy Koufax and a few others. So anyway, uh, the wild card is heating up in the National League. The Diamondbacks are two and a half games behind the Cubs. The Cubs lost last night to Milwaukee. The Cardinals lost last night to Pittsburgh. And the Astros and the Braves continue to march. The Dodgers lost to the Giants. And the Yankees were beaten. So some of the big teams are kind of running out of gas, getting ready for the final drive. The Cubs have about 24 more games left, two with the Brewers, seven with the Cardinals. And then the Cubs play Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, two teams they've had a tough time beating this year. It's the difference between the Cubs of this year and the Cubs of 2016. They aren't dominating any of the other teams in their division. So anyway... That's the scoop. We talked about who would you pay to see. I'd pay to see the Houston Astros, and like I said, I'm going to go to that game in a week. I'd pay to see Mike Trout. I'd pay to see Strasburg and Scherzer. I'd pay to see Aaron Judge. I'd pay to see, uh, you know, the Braves are a fun team. I'd probably pay to see Kershaw. I'd probably pay to see a few other guys around baseball, but the... uh, Interesting statistical leaders are pretty much who's been out in front all year. A couple rookies, a couple new guys, and so that's basically who I'd pay to see. We talked about the Royals sale, talked about this will be the third owner of the Royals. Ewing Kaufman bought the team for $10 million. He offered the team to Avron Fogelman for $21 million, and that included the sale price of the team and the cable rights that went with the team to broadcast cable TV baseball. So $21 million, he paid 10 down and paid a million for the option to buy the team for the last 10, and actually the sale price changed in the middle of the trial, which was kind of not great strategy by Mr. K., it worked out okay for the home team to win that trial. Here's truly one of the lawyers, and uh, that's a whole other story. There are a lot of stories about Mr. K in that trial that we'll tell another day. So, Kaufman pays $10 million. 
Fogelman offered 21 and he went broke with his road construction business and his development business, so he couldn't come up with the last 10. So the team went back to Kaufman. When he passed away, it went to a charitable trust run by Jan Kramer, Rick Green, um, and a few other people, including David Glass. Glass tried to lowball the team and kind of got run out of town for that offer, but he came back and he ended up buying the team reportedly for $96 million, put some millions, I'm not sure how many millions, back into the team. Let's say he put another 200 in, that's 300 million, and he just sold the team to a local businessman in Kansas City for a billion dollars. So, hey, I don't know how much of that goes to the charitable trust and how much of that goes to the Glass family, but you can rest assured that between his billions from Walmart and his billion from the Royals that the Glass family is pretty well taken care of. At any rate, I think the Royals are absolutely the best team out of the worst four. They're better than the Tigers, they're better than the Orioles, and they're better than the Marlins. So, you know, there's something. They'll draft in that order. They'll draft 26th, or actually 4th. And uh, so anyway, they're ma they were mathematically eliminated on the 4th of July. The Marlins were mathematically eliminated on my birthday, May 12th. And um, so it goes. So we've got the pennant race between the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Brewers. We've got a wild card race between the Cubs, the Nationals, the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, the Mets, and the Giants. So that's exciting. And uh, maybe someday here in the next three weeks, the Cardinals will play a team that has a better than 500 average. Right now, over the last month, they kicked butt on teams below 500, and now they got two more games with the Pirates, who crushed them last night. I don't think the Cardinals are that good, but anyway, what do I know? So, that's it, folks. We've reached the end of segment 31. Uh, it's been great. The Chiefs take on the Jaguars on Sunday. Everybody in Kansas City will be watching that game. I've got my money. I don't really bet, but I, got, I think the Chiefs are going to win that game, 24 to 14. And I think as long as Mahomes stays healthy, the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl in Miami. So, there you have it. We'll get into football maybe later. We'll have a lighter side of football. Is there a lighter side of football, lighter side of baseball? I think there is. I'm searching for it. We're going to keep going throughout the World Series and see how many podcasts we get in. And then we'll do one every couple of three weeks in the offseason. And then we'll start up uh, with uh, 2020. So I'm excited. Kudos to the Braves. They are holding their own. They have a great team, and they have improved their team. The Oakland A's, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the um, Cleveland Indians are all battling for that wild card. So two out of three of those teams are going to get the wild card. It's going to be exciting. The Twins look like they got it wrapped up. And uh, all in all, we'll check out the leaders in all these various categories. We'll look at the whip. We'll look at the run scored, and we'll be back with episode 32 next week. So until then, may your drives be straight, your putts go down the hole, and may everything else be a victory for the Cubs and your favorite team. So I'm going to go see the Cubs next Thursday, and uh, that's the scoop. So until then, Jamie Retzke on the lighter side of baseball. Tune in on SoundCloud. Tune in on Apple iTunes. 
or just give me a call and I'll send you a personalized podcast. So that's it. Enjoy the week and we'll talk to you next week from San Diego. Thank you.